Hello and welcome to the Knock On, KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. We're back for season two. We're back. Tom Crotty is back. James Blanchfield is back. And uh, the other fella from Tullow, Johnny Tobin, will be back as well. Um, he's kept on his toes. He was last season, but he'll be joining us throughout the season as well. Lads, it's great to see you again. Um, that summer flu, for me, it did anyway. Don't know about yourselves. Absolutely uh, unreal. Yeah. Can't, did, believe, yeah. can't believe we're back. Winter's upon us now, and we're back talking about rugby lads, you know, short evenings and damp, damp nights. And, and people have to listen to us again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, before we get into the nitty gritty of it, Tom, you're, you were president last season. You're out now, is it? What's the current job yeah, title? I'm, I'm, description? I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just Tom now. Just Tom. Back to Tom. <laughs> well, I'm actually for my sins. I'm actually managing the first, so um, the J ones about health. Brilliant. I look, you can't. You just can't walk away. Just things like every club. You just one thing just drifts into another. So I was out in the pitch all the time. So and, and I was did it before, and the lads has just said, oh, "Look, I'll go again." So, but it's nice Perfect. to be relaxed. Derek Hope is the new club president, which is Derek is a good old soldier, and he's our director of rugby. So. And he's Indeed. keeping that role as well. So, great club man as well. I played yeah, tackle years ago and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Derek's good cracking. He's, he'll be. He'll so, have a good, Hopefully, he'll have a good year too for the fans. Lovely hurling, James Blanchfield. What's the story with yourself? And the story with ourselves is kind of the status quo, Stephen. It's uh, continue on as we were last year. No major reshuffles in Kilkenny in terms of um, in terms of uh, committees and stuff like that. Um, Mick O'Donovan is kind of, how would we say, migrating away from 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 the committee, and Ray Pembroke has come in instead of what there's going to be a long hand over there. And apart from that, it's as as we were. Oh, good stuff. And Tullo, um, uh, Morris Logue has stayed on, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for another season. And of course, Sean O'Brien, um, who's now coaching for Leinster, is around a bit more as well. He's not in London, so. Um, we'll keep an eye on what's going to happen with Shawnee. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program as well. But lads, we were kept entertained, I suppose, during the summer. Um, the first of all was the Ireland's tour to New Zealand, and I suppose me and possibly yourselves were looking at it, going, "Asher, we'll try out a couple of young lads." And uh, fingers crossed, we might get a win. Who knows what happens? And look what happens. Mm. Happy days. Um, brilliant. It was class. It was, it was yeah. great. I kind of, kind of, always felt they were going to get a pump in the first game. For some reason, I just felt that that was going to happen. But um, after that, I think they were just they were just incredible. You know, they just played some brilliant rugby. I have to, I have to hand it to Andy Farrell. He just seems to have reinvented that team. And uh, Peter Romani, well, Peter Romani in my mind was the player of the series. Caelan Doris. Who there was doubts over about whether he could do it against big teams or not was epic. Throughout, I think you, you've got to hand it to Ireland. They came back from New Zealand. They made history. And the one thing is, is that we've we, we, we've seen Ireland teams before put themselves up on pedestals coming into World Cups. I'm not trying to be negative, but you know it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter if you beat New Zealand now and you go to the World Cup in France in 2023 and you end up. Getting knocked out of the group stages again, you know what? You know they have to, they have to back it up now. That's the big thing. 
Yeah, and I think the great thing to see, James, as well, was Johnny Sexton's interviews and the lads' interviews afterwards. Like, yeah, we beat the All Blacks, but like this will be forgotten about in a couple of months. Yes. It's all about next year. That was good to see. It goes, you know, there's a bit. Of, there's obviously a lot of talk about that peaking too early, and you know, you know, not patting yourselves too much on the back after beating the All Blacks and keeping your focus on the big picture, which is next year, obviously. Well, it's probably good. It was probably good that it was a summer tour. You know, it's a summer tour that it happened on. Um, you know that I hadn't come in and gone from into Six Nations, and then everything's just flying along. And you know, it, look, we've beaten the All Blacks. I think our the way we're playing is he's stuck to his guns. He's play. He has a, a lovely way of playing the game. And I think I think Andy Barr's done a, a wonderful job. His whole team has done a wonderful job. I thought Paul O'Connell, what he did with the pack. Their line out and the and their scum was uh, outstanding. And I think they've uh, we've still so much to work on. But we've been there with Leinster, you know that we've all expected Leinster to get a, to win it to win the Lion Cup last year, and things didn't work out. So we all know that the, these things can turn on uh, on the pinhead. So uh, let's hope that uh, they just keep it up. I thought the great. I thought the thing I enjoyed the most was seeing Kieran Frawley come in at ten. Uh, been saying it for a long time that. I, can't, I could never understand why Leinster didn't give him a go 10. I mean, I watched him underage coming through. He was an outstanding player at 10 at 18. He played Scaries at 10 at 18 years of age in, in the AIL um, and had a couple of games there. So I couldn't understand why he was changed and has been same story has been messed around. It's like how the Tom Daly, this, you know, kind of playing centre, doing this job and that job, but not. He's like he's the same stature as Johnny Sexton. Mightn't have the might have that narkiness that Johnny has because he's a nice guy, but he still is an aggressive player. Does come onto the ball, likes taking the ball flat, likes you know he take the ball right to the line. I think I'd love to see him. I think we're I, I, I think we're floating around too long with with the, with the burns, with both the burns. And, and Joey Carberry's not a ten. I don't care. But he thinks he's not a ten. I'd say he's he's a full back. At the you know he should have been left a full back. I mean, like Munster don't have a, a, a no ten yet either. So I think there's a couple of issues Ireland need to sort out. And I think the biggest thing is getting Johnny's replacement because if we don't get a replacement, you may forget about World Cups. Yeah, and what a place to give Kieran a, a run out as well against the Maori All Blacks. You know, it's it's going. It's not going to be easy. Um, but you learn a lot from it as well. Is, is, is there? Well, what am I trying to say? I know. Um, uh, uh, um, the Byrne brothers have been tried uh, at this stage, and we know what Ross can do for Leinster. But obviously, he's not in. Uh, you know the pecking order for Ireland at this stage. Joey Carberry's in there as well. But is there a sense that there's a a bit of a scramble on? To get a, a, a replacement ten in there that they're not one hundred percent convinced about Joey. You know, I know we're still a year out from a World Cup and that, but um, I know I don't know. I think they're are they losing faith in him? I don't think they are. I think Farrell has faith in Joey Carroll. You know, mm-hmm. he, he did he, he he did get game time down in New Zealand, didn't he? So I think mm. I, I'm convinced that that, that that Farrell has faith in him. You know what? I think with the with the game plan that they're building and my cat who we were all questioning 18 months ago has a backline that's really ticking now and i think my cat's plan 
or the way he has them play rugby with Sue Carberry. He's not, yeah, he's not a Johnny Sexton, but remember Manchester United spent 10 years trying to replace Roy Keane, you know, we were trying to look for a like, like replacement, you're never going to get that. We thought we'd never replace O'Gara, we replaced him at Sexton, you know, golden generation for Irish 10s. You're not going to replace Sexton with a like-for-like like replacement. They are going to have their differences, their nuances. But as Tom said, the probably most like-for-like like that you have there is probably Frawley. Um, see what happens with Jack Crowley and Munster. He's still very young, you know. I don't think Carty is at that level. I don't think the Burns are at the level. I think um, it is It is now between Frawley, Freddie Burns, I think, or Harry Burns, whichever the Burns it is. I think we may forget about him. Um, it, it, it is an... It is, it is Frawley, Cam, Carberry, and then maybe you'll see what happens with Jack Crowley over the next season or two. Uh, Crowley's exciting to watch as well. Just, uh, um, it was great to watch him a couple of times last year as well. Just, you know, just that sort of eagerness with the ball and speed and everything yeah. as well. But see, you know, and obviously Munster are changing things up as well, so I might offer him an opportunity there. Um, so the All Blacks then, were they just bad? Or did we make them look bad? Or were they I think awful? they were bad. I think they were bad. Look at, I mean, you look at the tries. This and I know I said at the start, I always felt the Allbacks would give Ireland the company in the first test. But you look at the tries they scored in the first test. They were built off Irish mistakes. Yeah, you know, totally. it, it, you can't say that the All Blacks were fully, fully convincing with the tries that they scored there. And I think this is why I was saying coming into the second test, and I had a good chat with Johnny about it one day, but. I saw the second test coming because if you look at the rugby and the patterns of play that Ireland were doing the first day, they broke down, the breakdowns led to some New Zealand tries or the, the errors led to some New Zealand tries. But what they were doing in defence, they had New Zealand at sixes and sevens. The second test, they got that bit of detail right and they had New Zealand all over the place. And I think part of it, part of it is New Zealand are bad, but the other part of it is, is Ireland are excellent. Ireland were just excellent down there. And from the second test yeah. and third test, Everything they touch turned to gold. Well, you see, you're tra- if you're traveling, like if you got to take into account, they're coming off the back the battle of a long season as well. Players are yeah. tired, then they get on a plane, they have to travel to New Zealand. It's a long way, a time difference. Get out, you know, kind of adjust themselves to, to to that time difference. Get your training in, get your team together. You know, you haven't played in a while. Get your team together, and then you go out and you're facing the All Blacks, uh, you know, at home, and we still crossed the line five times. I know the tries were just low, but we crossed the line. We crossed that all backs line five times. Mm-hmm. I mean, before, you know, we wouldn't have got over the line, let alone get over mm-hmm. five. I know that I know different things like they weren't allowed, but it just showed the next day, like every conference kind of said, mm-hmm. hold on a minute. Like we had to say like all the play was there. It was just missing the little bit of accuracies in certain areas and just things. I but you could see there was definitely potential, and on the second test, I mean, there was it, everything just clicked. And I think probably the New Zealand media as well are doing a lot hamming it up because, like, they're they're just they don't care. Like, they're just ruthless. The media in New Zealand, and they got beaten by Ireland on their home patch for the first time, and they let Foster have it. And then they went to South Africa for the Tri Nations or Rugby Championship, whatever it's called <laughs> today. But um, they got beaten by the but by. The World Cup champions don't forget, you know, and I think the New Zealand media are, 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 are probably not being a little bit fair, but as I said at the beginning, if we get to the World Cup next year and all the All Blacks are in the semi-final, 
all will be forgiven. Ian Foster, you're in the chance of winning the World Cup again, you know. Mm. Even if you look at the World Cup draw, that's it's frightening because you mightn't have Ireland, New Zealand, like all this, all the good teams are on the same side of the draw here. Someone is going to suffer big time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they got rid of, I mean, they were when before they went to South Africa, I mean, they got rid of their backroom team, they got rid of their attack coach and yeah. they got rid of the forwards coach as well. Mm. So, I mean, it was very easy to scapegoats to say, right, they're gone. Well, yeah. that's the changes we're making. And Joe Schmidt is, you have to remember, Joe Schmidt is in that system now as well. Do you think Joe Schmidt, this is something I was thinking about, Joe Schmidt is very rigid and regimental in how he wants his rugby played. Will his method suit the All Blacks? Because the All Blacks love to just play all out rugby, you know. And will they be, will they be, will their system or will the All Blacks method of playing rugby suit Schmidt's? rigidness of playing the game you know and his game plan and how he wants to play it like I don't know I think I, I, I don't know I hope I st- could stand to be corrected but well I they probably game... needed a bit of discipline into into their system like they had it on the second test against South Africa uh, not when mm. the first test was all over the place but you could see there's a slight difference in the way the team played were a little bit more they were a little bit more organized and it wasn't as frantic as as the other games you know mm, so maybe Joe's, maybe joe's point of, of maybe they brought him in to kind of to get the system sort of back on track you know as yeah, attack and then yeah. let them because they, they have the players that can do which you know it comes natural to them every kiwi has it they offload naturally if they do you know you you get the young players they just that's what they're, they're doing the whole time so they will if there's a gap or they will you know when when they've done their done their moves or done whatever they've got on play you know set their set moves or their set plays after that then one space opens up they all have those skills and like early surveyor was just awesome oh, that. he's you unbelievable know, he's, he's on fire and they have such attacking players like you know they're they have some of the best players in the world. Like, they're just not coming together. I mean, yeah. England had it too. I mean, like England at times have had some of the best, had the best team on paper and were playing crap. Mm-hmm. You know? So the referee, yeah. the referee yeah. did nuts up with Ardy Sevilla as well in the second test with the red card. Like, I mean, I read the narrative around it and apparently Sevilla should have been allowed back onto the pitch. And I think if Sevilla was on the pitch, you know, might have been a little bit different as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the Barracks don't turn into bad rugby players overnight. Like these guys, these guys are like in my mind, they have the two best second rows in the world in Whitelock and Metallic. And when they're on song, the All Blacks play just so much better. Yeah. And I think Richie Mwanga was awesome on the last day. I would like, yeah, I, yeah. I like I like I like Richie Mwanga. I think he's 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 such an attacking player. I know he yeah. doesn't have the, the kicking ability of Bowden as far as you know his his first thing is not to go to boot, it's to, it's to actually run the ball. Like maybe that maybe that suited that suited the All Blacks better against South Africa in the, in the last test, mm. you know, because they ran the ran the ball from everywhere at them. That's it. So, well, Ireland, the um, Autumn International is coming up, so we'll, we'll look forward uh, to that as the next bit of international rugby. But we'll talk about the. Uh, Players and staff of the provinces, plenty of movement. We spoke about it in detail before uh, the summer. Um, so Munster have a new coach and set up getting, uh, I suppose, uh, into their straps down there and getting set up. Sean O'Brien has taken up a role with Leinster. Dennis Leamy, of course, freed up then to head back to Munster. Um, we'll start with, I suppose we'll start with Leinster, um, our own province. Um, Sean, come in. Uh, 
knows the place very well, the culture and everything as well. But I'd imagine he'd be pretty decent coach as well at the back of it. Um, he's a he's a hard taskmaster. He is. Oh, I could, uh, Tom, you probably know better than I. And sure, look at his uh, Johnny. Johnny's not here today. But any anything I've ever seen of Sean Bryan, he's a he's a good operator. He was a good rugby player. He's played in some of the best rugby environments in the world, like with Leinster Ireland, the Lions, London Irish. Probably the best thing that'll ever happen to him was spend his couple of seasons in London with London Irish, and he gets a different perspective on things and sees sees differently outside of the Irish system and can bring things back. Um, but I think I think. From an Irish perspective, we're doing such a good job of developing homegrown coaches, um, and I think uh, I think I think it'll be he, he will be a success for Leinster. There's no doubt about it. Um, he's achieved everything there is to achieve in the game um, for, on a provincial and international level, bar winning the World Cup. So I think you've got to uh, you've got to be excited by him coming in. Yeah, yeah I, no, think he, I think I think as a skills coach, as a you know as that skills coach, he's. Um, I think Sean will be very determined in, in the way he is, and he's also, you know, he just he's he's going to give it one hundred and ten percent, as he does with everything that you know. That he's a good coach. He's um, you can see him actually. I just I was coaching the girls in Tullow the other night, and Sean was out out um, was out giving a hand with the lads, and you know he was working away with them, and he just you can just see the way people listen to him, and just you know he's. He just has that air about him, and that's, uh, and he has those, he has that skill. And I think if I mean he he's he himself is particularly good on the breakdown. And I think I think if he'll work on the, he'll he'll be working on the areas that Leinster are weakest, you know. Um, and I, I, from a, especially from a forwards point of view, you know, uh, to stop the likes of what's happened in La Rochelle last year, um, I think. I think he's a super asset to have back in, just his experience, but just his own. He has that aura about him, you know. It's like having a Paul O'Connell or a Paul, Paul O'Connell that's brought to the Irish setup, you know, in the pack. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think having Sean O'Brien back into into the Leinster setup, he's been there, you know, he's been there for so long and been a line, and uh, you know, for the younger players, you know, just just even to listen to him and his experience mm-hmm. that he has. I mean, there's. I mean, he he has such a, such experience, you know, from playing for Myron, playing for the Lions, playing for Leinster, you know, winning Heineken Cups. There's just so much, so much experience there. I know, no and, and, graces, no and, and he loves, no yeah, and, and he, and he no loves to give it back. He loves to give back to. You know, you know like I think it's incredible of a player of Sean O'Brien's stature, and a person of Sean O'Brien's stature. Let's be honest, he's a famous guy. It'd be very easy for him to go up to Dublin, like other internationals have done, and forget about their home club. You know, um, there's a lot of internationals there that don't come back to the junior club. And they're great lads, and that's that. Sean O'Brien is first and foremost, hello, like, you know, then he's Leinster, then he's Ireland. And I just think, I think it's remarkable to see, and we'll get onto it later in this, but that you could see Sean O'Brien in a Tolo jersey this coming season. Well, I tell you, I got, so, I got some shock on Tuesday night or a Monday night. I was, I was coaching away with the cars and, uh, I saw this figure coming along and it was didn't really take any notice of him. And uh, it was Johnny up picking the weeds out of the pitch and spot spot weeding and putting down weed killer. And I was there going, here's a lad, here's a lad. It just shows you for any, uh, you know, for any young fella, just, I mean, how important clubs can be to people. And this is what clubs are about. And 
to see, as I say, like an ex-international, ex-line out weeding the pitch when, you know, it's just phenomenal in his local club. As you say, you could have all the ears and graces and be heading off up to Dublin and um, be with the lands down of this world or whoever else. And, you know, but uh, yeah. here he is at home having the crack with the lads and, you know, and helping helping out. It's just, uh, okay, he's a phenomenal, a phenomenal character. Absolutely phenomenal character. Really, really, you know. Absolutely. Uh, just looking at a couple of players in and out for Leinster. Leinster shipped uh, quite a lot of lads last year through retirements and everything. Uh, so out last year, Peter Dooley, Sean Crony, Devin Toner, Sean Crony, Sean Cronin, Devin Toner, Jack Dunn is gone as well. Josh Murphy, uh, Rory O'Loughlin, David Hawkshaw, Adam Byrne and Fionn Gibbons uh, is gone to Munster, uh, young centre. And Dan Levy, of course, uh, retired. Which is Jason Jenkins coming up from Munster for the second row. Charles Ngati, uh, from, come from Leon, he's a 31 year old centre, and then you have Sam Prendergast and Dermot Mangan uh, coming in as well from UCD and Lansdowne. 19 year old Jason Jenkins is going to be one of the most important signs Leinster have probably made since Brad Thorne. That's the yeah. sort of guy they've been missing, it's just that aggressive, raw second. lump yeah. of a tight head second row. Yeah. That's where they've been, you know. Yeah, there's he's always a phenomenal, been a player. Phenomenal there, player. That, yeah, Munster, was, Munster didn't get enough out of him, and look at yeah. that's Munster's own doing. He was brought in on a short term from one year contract. You'd love to see him, and three quarters of that he was injured. But the bits and pieces I saw of him in Munster last year, he's he's just what Leinster need. Yeah. I think he could be a game changer for Leinster because yeah. he's just big and raw and aggressive. Like. Yeah, we've had the Nathan Hines, the Scott Fardies, you mm. know, the Brad Thorns, and that, like you said, there's. It fills that gap nicely there as well. And like Leinster don't generally buy bad, if you know what I mean. They usually purchase not in recent years, not in no, recent no. years. Yeah, yeah. They brought some they've brought some red lemons over many years ago, but not in recent <laughs> years. Not, not as many uh, as Munster, mind you. But. Yeah, he's he's got serious potential. I watched him a couple of times, watched him down below in Thoma Park. He's a he's a big unit. Jesus, I didn't actually realise how big of a unit, but it was actually near the pitch, right beside the pitch when he came out. And he was standing just beside me, going, "Holy God, this guy is actually a monster." I think he's yes. going to be something that Leinster need. I know we have. Look at, was not against nothing against the phenomenal Irish players that we have there, but um, you do need that. Yeah, you know, we all every team needs that that little bit of impact. And I think he's going to solid up that scrum. Yeah, you know, online he's a big chap, and, and he <laughs> has hands. He plays well. He's good hands as well. So if you go in there behind tight furlong, they will have some amount yeah. of power coming through that tight head side line. Yeah. yeah, he's only twenty six as well. Mm. Which surprised me as well. I forgot. You know, it's just you imagine these lads are a bit older. Um, what do you reckon about Charlie Nagati um, to, to do a job in the centre? What's the thinking there from a Leinster point of view? I don't know. I think that's down. Said, I think that's down to. I think that's just going to be down to. Um, the amount of lads that are from all the the, the Irish centres, you know, having having Ringrose and um, Henshaw, you have two Irish centres, so there's two centres gone. Tommy O'Brien gone away from Leinster, yeah. and uh, you need that. Bit, I think I think just you need that bit of experience. You can't just keep putting young fellas in. Yeah. You know, I think mm. I think he'll solid. I think he'll solid up. I think he'll solid up that Leinster backline. You yeah. know, just um, and give him a little bit more experience when the when those guys are away. Absolutely, you frawley there that can play 12 as well. And you know, if you need to mix and match it when the lads are off on international duty as well, Tommy O'Brien yes. plays centre, but yeah, 
And you could be up against the South. I don't know. I can't. We don't know the fixtures, but I, I didn't see fixtures. But I mean, there could be. You could be playing South. Any of the South African teams in the middle of the in, coming into international time, or after it's just straight after international time. So, I think everyone is going to need that little bit of bolster in, in the both in their pack and backs. To, for this this is the year, I think. Now it's year two for the South African teams in the URC. And they didn't really start competing in it until maybe the second quarter of it last year. I think you're going to see a big drive from the South African teams this year. You're going to need a lot of depth to take them on. Yeah, they had a massive buy. I mean, all you had to do was look at the atmosphere that they created towards the end, especially the end of even in the final. Like, look at the crowds that came mm. that weren't coming to matches, and uh, look at the the atmosphere that they've created with you know the music and 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 the fun that they're bringing in. Yeah. So it looks like the South Africans, are, the supporters, are buying into the URC. That's it. And just on Leinster, um, don't forget they're they're in Fugstown tomorrow from half ten to half twelve training an open training session. Just after looking at the photographs of the open training session in Longford there today, and it looked great. All of the players were there. Sexton's there. Hugo Keenan, Ty Furlong. So all the stars, like James. A, all the stars in the... In oh, they have a... Go ahead, Tom. Is a full day? Because they come back to the... They're in the gym in the IT in the afternoon. Really, are they? Yeah, but I'm sure if they could sneak out, the kids could sneak out there in the afternoon, they might get a few autographs when they're leaving on the bus. Going along the window, I have a daughter that will uh, be she, she's get she is only two hours in school tomorrow. I think she. Might be sneaking down there to get a look at James Lowe. Absolutely. Um, it was a great, great old day, James. So if you listen to the podcast, it's uh, taking place on Friday the 26th uh, in Folkestown. That's Kilkenny Rugby Club's grounds, if you're not familiar with it. Um, just outside the city, or on the edge of it. Um, so get down and see, see all the stars. Plenty of stars down there as well. It'll be a great old day, um, James. Uh, was that the last one that was in Carlo? I think it was 2012, Tom. Yeah. Um, uh, Brian O'Driscoll's of the world and all that there went down brought the kids and it was packed and it's a great day um, is, just to yeah. see all these lads up close and going through the motions and doing their training and all that it's great it's great that they get out around the province as well lads we'll talk about Munster as well uh, we'll talk about the players in and out first we'll talk about the coaches then so uh, Malachi Fekatoa is in he's the centre uh, Antoine Frisch uh, centre in as well they're coming from Wasps in Bristol uh, they're after taking in a hooker as well a 21 year old from Exeter uh, Chris Moore and Fionn Gibbons of course as I was talking about earlier um, in from Leinster but they've lost a lot of players John Ryan Kevin O'Byrne Jason Jenkins, of course, to Leinster, uh, Chris Clute, uh, Rowan Osborne, who's uh, retired, he was a former Leinster scum half, uh, Damien Delanda's gone as well, Sean French, Alex McHenry, Matt Gallagher, Jake Flannery, and Jonathan Wren are gone as well, and Ronan Lockton and Declan Moore, two hookers actually uh, disappeared last season, one was loaned to Ulster and the other's gone to France, so quite a lot of... Um, players again, of course, uh, gone with Munster, a couple of good boys in there as well. I think Munster have been carrying a lot of baggage and a lot of deadwood in their squad. and I think you can see an improvement in the quality of player that's coming through the academy system in Munster. They're probably looking at those players coming in 
and they're looking at the dead wood that they had and kind of said, look, it's time to ship on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've recruited well. I don't know how you feel, Tom, but they've recruited well with, with Fikatu and, 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 yeah, and Fritz, the other centre. Um, one problem for me is, is that there's no tight end. You know, there's going to be a uh, lot of... Keenan Knox, you know, is Keenan Knox going to win you? I don't think he is. He's not an international tight end for Munster. I think That's they've done a great job and in, in they've, they've cleared out. I'd agree 110% with you. I think there was a lot of dead wood over there. Um, I think there's a lot of good kids coming through that Monster Academy coming through, which is great. You know, this is not just, I mean, we've always said that you have to have all the provinces to get. I know, I know half or the majority of their team is coming from Leinster, but that can't, that can't continue to keep things, you know, to, to keep the competition, you have to have competition there. Everything, you know, everyone has to have someone chasing behind them, and it's not happening unless you have all the provinces. And even if it's only one or two players from each province pushing every year, that's it's it's so important that we have it. And I think there's so many kids coming through that that particularly and and over the last year from the Munster Academy, um, I think they're dead right to get rid of a lot of the players. I think they're going to be screwed. I think there's going to be screwed in the front row. I don't think we have. I don't think they have a front row. That's that. I think it's just about, just about strong enough when it's when it's their starting their actual starting front three. After that, I think it's going to be weak, and I think we're going to be in bother, um, particularly against South African teams. Um, when we go back into Heineken Cup, I think they didn't should have recruited a tight head. I can't. I can't for the life of me understand why we have they haven't got in a t- another tight head or. You know, or, or a, a utility, a good, a good size utility prop that can play loose and tight, but they should have got a definitely should have gone for a tight head prop at this stage. I agree totally, but I suppose the other positive side of it is, is the coaching ticket that everyone wanted is there now. You know, they have Prendergast back in, they have Dennis Leamy there, they have they have Ian Costello there looking after the academy. I think you know. You might see a more positive brand of rugby from this coming season now with with, with, with Prendergast in. Well, there's no excuse. There's no excuse now. I mean, we've all moaned about uh, the South African influence that they had and and Van Graham and you know it didn't suit. Doesn't suit monster the monster style of play and you know they, they, we haven't had any just being kind of this this horrible form of rugby that they've been trying to. With, don't actually they didn't have an identity if you wanted to say say it that way there was no real identity to the way they're playing um we need they need an identity the way they play they need to start falling into the system that the irish team are playing if watching the all blacks and watching super rugby as it goes down all the uh, new zealand teams they all play a similar brand of rugby you know it's an it, it's an open expansive attacking game of rugby whereas i don't think we actually know I don't think Munster knew what what what, um, what they were playing, as in the style that they want you know to, to play, what suited them the best. So I mean, you have you have a phenomenal backroom team there for the you know there's they got they got who they wanted, and so there's no excuses. They have potentially like they've good centres. I I haven't seen your man Frisch play. I he's Irish qualified, so if. We don't know. How, we don't know what, how TBC. good or not. He's good. We'll have to, we'll have to watch. Wait. Time and time. No, we just gonna have to wait and see what, what he's going to be like. But I think if they, this is the first year they need to, they need to really rebuild this year. They need to get to a minimum. They need to be, and they have to get to the semi-final, and 
or the final of the UR have to get to at least the semi-finals of the URC and they need to be in the semi-final try should be hitting towards the semi-finals of the Heineken Cup yeah you know if you don't ask. get it this year but you can't if you get to the quarter get into the quarterfinals do not they can't be any less than quarterfinals for the Heineken Cup and they definitely need to be in semi-final or final of the URC yeah. and that has to be their expectations this year Absolutely. Um, looking forward to it, though, to see how it all pans out for uh, Munster and, of course, uh, Leinster. And then a good few changes up in Connacht as well and uh, Ulster. Um, lads, we're running out of time, so we're going to move on to our own stuff now. And uh, Kenny, you were busy. <laughs> <laughs> we have been busy. very busy. Yeah, Lucas. WhatsApp uh... was on fire there for a while. Was it? Yeah, one of the things that we've learned from last season is, is that you need your squad depth and your seconds are going to suffer every week if you don't have enough players. And we had, but we had that issue with all of the injuries in, 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 in the middle portion of last season. Um, we kind of, the club suffered, the seconds suffered, and we had to bring in players. There was no doubt about it. So Doc realistically started his recruitment for this coming season probably in around February of last year. And the players that we wanted, we got. We struggled with props. Um, we have a few props in, but I suppose, unfortunately, if we look at who's leaving, Liam Caddy is going on around the world, or a trip of Asia with his girlfriend. We're heading off next week, so unfortunately, we wanted Liam Caddy for the for for a large portion of the upcoming season. And Aidan McDonald has gone back to play with Cashel again to, to go back to AIL for the season ahead. Um, but yeah, look at some great players coming in. Probably the pick of the bunch from a local level is Brendan McSorley. Um, Brendan played a lot with Kenny growing up and then the family moved up to Tyrone when he was uh, 13 so he, took, he, he continued his rugby in Clare Valley went through the Leinster or went through the Ulster youth system got involved then in AIL rugby with UCC then up to up to Barn Hall where he got a, a massive award there a couple of seasons ago from the IRFU then played a season up or two seasons up at Banbridge when he's back living with Kenny now the family have moved back so He's, he, he's in Damien Lahey is second row and there's still three more players as well to be announced there's probably going to be eight new players coming well I'd say I'd say seven new players coming in and, and Jake Prattley coming back so you know we're 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 happy we're happy with our squad coming into the season and we needed to be because if we weren't we were going to be relying on a lot of I suppose seconds players to come and play firsts and which they're which they're good at, but it's just the squad that the seconds were suffering week in week out. So, um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to it, you know, and that the the ambition is a top four finish in the league and see how we get on in the cup. Good stuff. Um, what about yourselves, Tom? Uh, well, we don't have all them lads coming in. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like we have, we've great numbers. Um, just a carry on, carry on from last. Just a carry on from last year. Um, similar squad. We have no addition. No, don't think there's any new additions. Uh, oh, sorry, one, one, one uh, from has uh, just come out of a college. Um, but I think there's this this squad there about fifty at the moment. They're about in around about. in. I think we had about forty two training the other night. Um, so, but they're just, uh, as I say, they're all local. We got uh, there's a couple of young lads come up from the 18 from last year. Uh, other than that, like, they, there's a great buzz in the club, and it's just because 
the lads that are all there are there's you know the local lads and we haven't there's no one from I think there's only six players of, of the forty that are not from Carlo. None Carlo qualified. Yeah. There are another six actually the way we worked out there's only st- at the training we had a training camp there on Saturday and um there was only six players that weren't uh born and bred in Carlo. Oh, out of the out of the whole squad. So um I think we're trying to aim to to hopefully stick with that as a as a thing going forward that we try and produce as many as we can from from youths if we get a couple from youths every year um we don't have a whole lot of players out there that are in other clubs so i think anyone that is we kind of have most of the, most of those back over the last couple of years that have gone away anyone else is looking at they're still playing ail or you know then that's we can't really we try to get them back but i mean if you're talking a young lad in his early 20s you know leaving an AIL club to come back it's it, it's uh, it's a hard ask but um we've had a good buy-in and uh, look we're really happy and really positive at the moment this is like the club is in a good position in every aspect and you know and from the grounds to the finances to everything so um that's a key thing that your club is to to us at the moment is to make sure that our club is strong and that we have a, a strong base going forward um in all aspects um we have a good relationship now with Tullo again with the girls the rhinos um we're back with the we're back 16s are actually back training now so if there's any parents out there the girls the 16s and 14s are joined again in the in that uh three-year plan with Tullo so we're still at 16s and 14s should have a strong enough 16s this year because with the 14s from last year came up and uh We've got a few new girls there at the, at the 14th level, so hopefully next year we'll have 16s, 18s, 14s, 16s, and 18s all girls. Um, so we're really trying to push the girls' rugby, which is phenomenal. Like we had training last night, and for even without the gay footballers and everything else, I think we had we had about 18 up. So um, we're really, really, really positive. And 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 look, it does. I know we've a great out rivalry. We've gang heads and Jesus Tuller and ourselves are. <laughs> But it's 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 lovely to see the you know the the spirit of the club. to see girls rugby going because the girls you know and and that going forward look I mean look at the results you had um young Dana O'Brien starting ten for from Tullow starting ten for the Irish women's at eighteen years of age is phenomenal great role so, model as well. super talent out there in like and we have you know with, especially with the professional contracts coming into the women's rugby as well. I mean, there's plenty of scope for girls coming through. You know, there is a, a real pathway now. And um, as I say, like we have our, we're happy enough with the with the lads, and we'll see how we go in the season. As a few injuries at the start, still wait for a few lads to come back. They're out injured, but hopefully, you know, we'll give it a shot. I think we're playing Kenny early enough too. Yeah, yeah, be nice with James. You know, it's a Saturday yeah, we game as well. We so. Look at I mean I know I know I'm saying we recruited heavily, but like I mean we do we, we have, but some players will be there every other week, you know, and there'll be players that'll be there every week. So, you know, it's just about it's just about man, ah, well, managing our numbers. But you had a hard season last year, to be honest. Like you had, had, a, tough Kenny had a tough season to start. I know you finished off on a on a real high and um fair juicy, you know, as I say, like, we had that the girls, Kenny was cracking, but 
Uh, that, that was the best game of rugby I watched last year. The one yeah. But the girls are going very well. I know you're in a hurry there, Steve, but our girls are going very well. Paddy now, Paddy has 36 girls out training on the, on, on the, the J1 girls, but always looking for numbers. So if there is anyone else in Tullow, I know a couple of Tullow or Carlo, I know a few do come down to play adult rugby. They're more than welcome to come down and play us, even though I know Tullow have their adult team. But look, at, it's, um, look, we're, look at, we're all looking forward to the season down here as well and see and see what happens. Like he and Carlo, Tom, we're in a strong position as a club, both on and off the pitch. And I think uh, there's an awful lot of work goes in by an awful lot of people that other people don't see to make it happen. And that's all you can do is you take, take your hat off the people that have worked very hard in the three clubs over the last 10, 20 years to, to get all of the three local clubs in the strong position that they're all in. We had, three, well, we had three strong clubs. That's it. In a short, in a short proximity, like you know, we're yeah. all we're all only twenty miles from each other, you know. Yeah, we'll get an update next week when Johnny Tobin is back on the ins and outs, I suppose, of total rugby. Lads, we're going to have to wrap it up there. Uh, head off. Do a few bits and pieces. Great chatting us again. The start of season two of the knock-on. Uh, plenty of rugby to look forward to as well. Tom Crotty from Car Rugby Club. James Blanchfield from Kenny Rugby Club. Chatty's next week. Good luck. Uh